Hey everyone, welcome to the Higher Points Podcast. I'm Nick Sauer, sitting here in the studio with my buddy Nate Hyatt. He actually decided to grace us with his presence this time. Um, I'm sorry, I'd just like to apologize for that ahead of time. Um, <laughs> what? <laughs> and, and today we're having uh, Ted Carter back on the podcast, uh, and, along with his lovely wife Janine is here. You've heard her on the podcast as well. We're putting out the... Um, we're putting out the like a, a basically a September 11th special. We're recording it before September 11th, but the podcast will actually release on that day. I mean, it's like total god thing that we wanted to do that, and then the podcast released on that day. So we're like, okay, we know we, we got to make this happen. So that's what we're here to do. Um, <clears throat> basically, just kind of discuss the stuff around that because I mean, I, it for me and for many other Americans, uh, 9/11 was a pivotal point. But I think it was also in the beginning there was a lot of unity. Um, which faded away very quickly. And then it was kind of like, now we're starting to maybe see some anomalies and then we compare it back to things like Bay of Pigs. Um, as far as our government being willing to do things to, to get things that they want. Um, and so that's kind of what we're here to discuss today. We got a video that we're going to share, at least the audio off of it, obviously. Yeah. Um, and kind of go from there. So, uh, first things first, thanks for joining us. Appreciate you both being here. Um, it's been fun. Thank you. Thank you for having the courage to do this because, I mean, this really does take a lot of courage to put this kind of a show out because I'm, I'm guessing it probably won't be very popular. <laughs> well, and, you know, I bet it's popular. It's probably. It may, we may be we deplatformed. two views. <laughs> this will be our last episode. Thanks for listening. <laughs> well, and, and my thing is, like, even if, um, like, even if everything that we say maybe you don't believe in, but like there might be some things that like kind of get the gears turned into where you're like, well, maybe that's plausible or maybe like, maybe I want to research that or like, whoa, like, I, you know, makes sense. Like for instance, uh, there was a video that you shared to us of the plane, you know, running into the tower and then Isaac's or Newton's laws, you know, oh, every yeah. action has an mm -hmm. equal but opposite reaction. So there should have been some stuff that was exactly. bounced back yeah. off yep. the building and fell down. And, you know, you don't see that. And, you yeah. know, just, <clears throat> just things like that that kind of make you, you know, there's those established, like, you know, physics, like you can't really defy gravity mm -hmm. and physics. And so, uh, unless of course it's not what it's purported to be. Right. Um, so that's, that's kind of where we're going with this. So, yeah, you know, everybody wants to talk conspiracy theory, quote unquote, but any more the conspiracy quote unquote theories have been more truth than they've been theory yeah. lately. So, um, yeah, that's kind of where we're at. So I guess let's let's just start and set the stage first. Like, why don't we just go around the table and everybody like says where they were at that time? Does okay, that sound good? hold on. I want to say one no, thing. No, I'm quick. in charge, Ted. <laughs> no, go ahead. No, I just wanted to say before we start, um, I am not anti-American at all. It's the opposite. I I love America. I'm a patriot. Um, in fact, when I started this, um, it was an argument between my son and I, and. Um, he he kept saying, like, Dad, do you think 9-11 was an inside job? And I'm like, of course not. What are you talking about? And I used to get, I mean, I get so mad, I almost wanted to punch him in the face. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> because I just, I felt that strongly about America, and you're not going to, you're not going to say our government just killed 3,000 of our own people. That's ridiculous. And so he's like, well, just. And he kept kind of he kind of hinting about it because I knew it was on his mind. It was bothering him. He'd been watching some YouTube videos, and I was just like, "What are you watching?" 
And he goes, well, okay. He said, I'll make a deal with you if you watch a couple of these videos and you don't, you don't think there's anything to it, I won't bring it up ever again. I go, that's a deal. So. Sold. Yeah, because I, I, you know, and I sat down, I was just ready to pick this apart. This, this is just ridiculous. And none of this is right, you know. And I listened to the first video and it was from Architects and Engineers for Truth. So these guys have been architects and engineers for like over 30 years. Mm -hmm. And they went into everything that happened, everything that was like impossible to happen just all the anomalies with it and everything. And I just was sitting there. I'm like, wow. Okay. None this of this is, adds uh, up. Yeah. I'm like, this is totally, when you take the emotion out of it, this really isn't making sense. So then I watched another one and it was airline pilots for truth. And they're talking about the planes and how they flew the planes and just how incredibly hard it is to fly by hand. You know, because they had the transponders off, they had all the the GPS stuff off, the autopilots off. They were flying those planes by hand the whole way. And they're saying, that is almost impossible. To take off blind from, from Boston, I think one couple, was there, yeah, were they both from Boston? That part I don't know. I can't I, remember. I was hoping to defer I know you. one you're, is You're, you're one the is subject from, matter expert here, Ted. Uh, one that's of, it. I think got, one was done. from Boston. I think maybe one was from L.A. I'm not sure. I can't remember. But anyway. One was from so, Boston, wasn't D.C. Okay. And then I think the Pentagon one was? Uh, Newark. Okay. And then Shanksville, Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. But anyway, to hit those targets the way they did, flying by hand, not even know knowing where New York was, you know, when you're up that altitude, you have no autopilot, you have nothing, and you're just flying by sight. Yeah, and so how, how in the world could you just fly it right to the World Trade Center? And and I know there are going to be a lot of people that say, well, but people, you know, like private pilots, right? Um, my my father's a private pilot. I have a lot of experience being in aircraft, and like I understand the the basics the foundational basics of navigating. So, you know, you, you have your compass headings, you have your VORs, you have like <clears throat> these things that will allow you to navigate without GPS, but you need to plan ahead of time, like what VOR you're headed to. Well, there's not a VOR inside of the world trade center. So you're not navigating a VOR to the world trade center, right? So could you potentially do a compass heading? Maybe, but now I'm in the middle of the air. So, like, let's say you have the most perfectly planned hijacking that ever existed in the history of ever. You would have to hijack that plane at a specific point and know the exact compass heading to head towards that. Because that compass heading, as you're flying through the air, is constantly changing, right? So, you would have to intercept that plane and be in that at, like, this like one-second thing to get in that area. And, and sure, could you shoot a compass heading of... Okay, I'm supposed to drop, you know, fly a 285, but I, I flew a 275. Well, that might put you in the area, but you have to consider that compass bearing is opening up the longer and wider it mm-hmm. gets, right? So you're going to be further off target the further you go. So could you maybe see it off in the distance kind of thing? Yes. I mean, but there's so many variables there. And that's why when you take off in an aircraft, even a p- private aircraft, 
there's a significant amount of pre-planning, flight planning that goes. And those guys allegedly, from what we were told, had been going up and getting some of that basic training and stuff like that. But there's, there's so many things there that unless they were very seasoned pilots with thousands of hours, if you put like an airline pilot into that seat, they could probably make it happen, you know, because they, they have the experience. But those guys didn't have those hours, again, from what was reported to us. Yeah, and that's, that's <clears throat> a perfect point to make because the most experienced of them all had never even flown by himself in a Cessna. Yeah, they it, didn't need to. They weren't worried about that aspect of it, Well, what we were told. But, well, yeah, that's what we were told. Um, in fact, he hadn't even passed all the, all the testing to even fly by himself yet. Yeah. So, I mean, how do you go from not really being able to fly a little Cessna to jumping in the cockpit of yeah. a 757 and, and, and not to get, <laughs> and not to get too terribly off subject, but if we look at it through, from a 30,000 foot view, which is funny cause we're talking about airliners, <laughs> but I see, like, if I look at this. In my mind, objectively, I see 9-11 and like COVID as similar incidents in transition of power mm-hmm. and transition of money. And I look at those and that kind of makes me go, huh. Like, I, I, the biggest thing that I want to get out of this is I don't want to devalue 3,000 innocent lives. No. That's not what I'm trying to do here. Mm-hmm. That I'm not trying to take away from the fact that that happened. But I just want to maybe know more about how and why, you know, um, like, I'm not saying that those people that were in the towers' lives weren't worth anything or that they, they're in on the conspiracy or they, they didn't, you know, like, that that didn't happen. I, I, I do believe that the buildings fell. I mean, I've been there. Um, but those families deserve the truth, though. Like, yeah. what actually yeah. happened. Um, and I would say they're probably more confused than we are because they probably got more information that probably asked, honestly has makes more questions than there is answers. But anyway... Like I said, I just see COVID and that of like, you know, with the Patriot Act, the transfer of power there um, and the secret courts and all that kind of stuff that popped up. And then, you know, with COVID and the vaccines and like small businesses going out of businesses and big businesses buying that stuff up, you know, and you've got all of this transition of power. And so that's what makes me kind of just go, hmm. you know, I mean, I can't say that I, I, I my mind is closed to the fact like if they gave me that this was a terrorist thing and it was completely uh, like planned out and orchestrated by Al Qaeda or whatever organization like uh, if if I'm that's given to me and I, and it's proven to me like okay cool like I believe that but like yep. I still just like am open minded enough to kind of question and and be open to other ideas the whole reason Nate and I started this podcast was have open ideas open discussion and discuss and think so um so. I guess now, can I be back in control now? Yes. Is that, is that okay? Is that fine? Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, uh, so I guess, I guess we just go around and kind of just discuss and kind of go from there of like what the first things we saw. And, you know, so from back in the 1900s, uh, or, uh, back, back in the earlier days, back 2001. In the, yeah. How old were you guys? <clears throat> I was in high school. So five. <laughs> oh, so yeah. I was in, uh, afternoon kindergarten. <laughs> I actually do remember. Do you I, remember? It? I remember watching it on TV. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I was 15. My mom was getting me ready for school and getting ready to take me to kindergarten. And I remember watching it on our... Black and white TV? No, it wasn't black <laughs> and white. Our tube TV that we had in yeah, the right. living room. Yeah, I was, uh, I was actually in band class when it happened. So we didn't have any TVs or anything. You know, we're playing music. By the time we get out, 
we go to second hour, everyone else in the school knows everyone. And that was when I was made aware was when I stepped into my second hour class and everybody was like, Hey, did you hear? And we were like, what, hear about what, you know, I just got out of band class. And then you know, the whole day was they, they told all the teachers, just pull a TV into your room. And that that's, don't, don't worry about teaching today. Like just, we're just going to watch this, you know, and then every, every single television channel in the nation, including yeah, yeah. the home shopping network was on that. So how about you, Janine? I, 31. I would have been 31. Mm-hmm. So I was a grade school counselor. So I was at school that day. Uh, how, so how did that, did you have kids that were then struggling with that as a result? Or was it still kind of new? They didn't understand what was going it on. It was still new. I mean, you know, kindergarten through fifth grade, sixth uh, grade, they didn't okay. really. Yeah. They understand you know. the gravity. Yeah. It was basically just a building that was on fire and it was so far, far detached. It didn't really right. bother them. Okay. Yeah. Fair. How about you, Ted? Man, I was I was actually like my morning routine. Um, Becky would go to the gym and open early, and then I would usually get there somewhere around I don't know ten thirty or eleven with Skyler, and then we'd switch, and then I'd usually work until ten at night at the gym. So my morning routine was I'd flip on, well, it was CNN at that time. Um, I'd watch the news in the morning for a little bit just to see what was going on, and then we'd head to the gym, and. Uh, I was watching every morning like I did, and I noticed when I flipped it on, there was a there's one of the towers they were showing, and and it was there was smoke coming out of it, and it said it'd been hit by a small plane, and they thought it was an accident, and so we were just I'm just sitting there watching this, and all of a sudden on live TV you could just see that other plane enter the screen and hit the second tower, and I was like, holy shit, yeah. what is going on? It's not an isolated video. yeah. I'm like, what What the hell is going on here? And then um, other reports were coming in that there were other hijacked planes. And I was just like, this is unbelievable. So we had to leave. And um, I will never forget, I got around the corner where um, Quick Shop, is it Quick Shop in Nickerson? Mm-hmm. Um, I got around the corner by the high school and I was getting ready to go to, you know, head to Hutch. And there were just lines of cars already getting gas. And I was just like, I called, I remember calling my mom. I'm like, what is going on? I'm like, there are lines to get gas. I said, are we under attack? What's going on? She didn't, she didn't know. But yeah, it was, and then I got to the gym and of course every TV had it on and Every people would come in to work out, and they just actually—I don't even know if anybody worked out that day. They just came in, and then they just kind of—we just kind of were all sitting on the floor <laughs> watching the TV because everybody's just blown away. Like nobody know what, knew what was going on, and we had just opened in Hutch, like the worst time because like two weeks after that, the fair started, you know, and, and that year hardly anybody went to the fair because everybody was so scared of. Big gatherings you know, like of people. The, the soft targets um, and all that, and nobody knew what was going on. So that's another thing of sowing fear and, and fear and discord because, I mean, like, that, that target's been soft for – actually, oh, yeah. it, it's been softer for the last 40 years yeah. than it ever has <clears throat> been. I mean, if that would have been the perfect time to do it, you know. But right. there's a change in the human condition. But I think it would be worth maybe backing up a little bit because there there are children that are in school now – that like aren't being taught this and they weren't alive during that time. 
So I think it would be good for us in the podcast if you get someone that hasn't been alive, that wasn't alive during that time of like what happened. So I guess as far as what what was reported to us, I guess that would maybe be Mm -hmm. a good way to kind of set the stage. And so my first recollection was, you know, the first tower, then like you said, the second tower gets hit. And then shortly thereafter, Pentagon gets hit. um, And then the towers start falling. Um, and I don't ever remember hearing about uh, World Trade Center 7, that building. Never never did I hear about that until significantly, like till um, Loose Change, till the Loose Change video. Oh, okay. I didn't even hear about it until the Loose Change video. And then there was that fourth plane that was... Yeah, that was, they, that down, was down. Well, that was Flight 93. Flight 93, yeah. Flight 93 mm-hmm. was supposedly taken over by passengers and, and crashed Crash into the middle in the of a field. field. In Shanksville, and, Pennsylvania. And so then later on, we're then told that these guys were... Al-Qaeda terrorists, correct? Mm-hmm. They were Al-Qaeda terrorists. This was a pre-planned thing. They went and got um, some private pilots training, and they were focused on the takeoff and navigation side of it, but not the landing. Um, then they start, of course, thinking, like, now now they're putting all these crazy regulations on spray planes and stuff like that because they're worried about them spraying anthrax. Oh, yeah. and, I'd forgotten about that. You yeah. know, all that kind of stuff. Um, and then... Somehow we end up with at war with Iraq over Al Qaeda, and then you know Operation Iraqi Freedom and that kind of stuff happens after after that. Did I miss anything there? I mean, that's basically kind of just the ge- the ge- generic, yeah, I think so. kind of overarching view there. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think a lot of the, if we didn't talk about that, there would be someone that's listening to this going like, "What? Like I don't like they'd have to go research themselves." Which I still encourage you, please, by oh, all yeah. means. Do, the, do, do, do that all research. the research you can. Yeah. And Keep. it's harder to do right now. <laughs> yeah. Well, that, I remember watching documentaries about the conspiracy side of it on like the history channel, the history channel when I was growing up. So they're out there. You just got to do some digging apparently yeah. to find them now. Yeah. But how long was that after it actually happened? Well, I probably would have been in high school. Okay. So 10 years. Yeah. I mean, I, I think honestly... The Probably more, from 2000. Well, I was in high school from 10 to 14. Okay. The more I start to digest it, the more, like, it just makes me raise an eyebrow and has more questions than answers, mm-hmm. which is kind of what makes me go, huh. So, uh, I, I, I noticed you came prepared. So, <laughs> what's the first thing that we can start talking in on? So, like, we... Well, I, you know, there's so many ways you could go with this, and I maybe this needs a part two of, like... <laughs> You know, like what happened afterwards and just all the the different anomalies, like the stock market was one big um, thing that you could tell people knew something were going to happen. And that's one thing that I don't know if anybody really ever talks about other than what I've seen on on like videos I've watched in the past and then looked it up. And you can still find some information about that. Because they were selling off. Well... You guys know what options are, like a put option. Mm, they were um, short and stuff. Yes. Um, like, it was like six times the normal the normal amount a couple of days before. The day, or the morning of, it was like 20 times the amount. Were they politicians? Um, <laughs> it, won't, it won't tell you who. Yeah. It just tells the amount. Yeah. Um, but I did watch one talking about George Soros, that that's how he made... A part of his fortune was mm-hmm. off of put options because I guess he, you know, he was wealthy anyway. But um, he put them on the different airliners, even um, American Airlines, 
I don't know, I can't remember what the other airlines were, but um, he shorted them. He shorted almost every financial institute in both towers. So, <laughs> yeah, and I mean, he made billions of dollars. And we can even that. see that today. Like, if, if you, if you, like, there are guys that make a living because there is a, there is a, a public website that politicians at the federal level, their stock portfolios are on that website. I think it's some sort of public reporting thing that their stocks are reported. They literally just invest in all the exact same things they do. They watch those politicians and then invest in those same things and make a fortune as a result. So we can see that the, those people have the insight. We all know it. We're, we're, I mean, that's not up for discussion. Mm-hmm. We all know that they have inside information and they make their trading decisions based on it. Um, but they have their secret meetings and things that are, you know, quote unquote, top right. secret and everything. So um, th- that's the stuff that just kind of makes me really question other things, you know, is you've eroded my trust so far at this point that I basically have no choice otherwise. Because I will tell you, when when nine eleven happened and everything, I was in hook, line and sinker, lock, stock, two smoking barrel. Like I was in hundred percent, hundred percent. And I've been lied to so much that I'm not. And that's, that's the unfortunate part because if you listen to Andy, he says there's going to be another pandemic and it's going to be worse and all this. Well, you've eroded people's trust so much that if you do say masks and people say no, now you release something that kills more people, specifically children. And now you can say, oopsie, we told you so. But because you've lied to so many people, now more people are dying and then you make more money. Or maybe it is actually like a natural disaster, like it is something that is serious. Yeah, and you, and people don't believe you because mm-hmm. you've eroded trust. Yep. So yeah. anyway, sorry about that. No, I, it it just kind of makes you look, if you just looked at like put options and people shorting things, I mean, it was going like this and then all of a sudden... It goes mm-hmm. up like that. Yeah, when you look at the graph. So if you're just looking at the graph, you'd be like, huh, I wonder what big event was coming. Like War's big what, business. What did they, what did all these people know? You know, why would they put that amount of money on, on shorting s- stuff? Like, what was going to happen? Especially things that are that connected to that incident. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, and are you going to talk Literally. about the guy that owned the World Trade Center and, like, him buying insurance on it and stuff? Or Yeah. Um, yeah, we can. Well, I didn't know if that was something that you'd researched. Um, I, it was, um, in the past I didn't, I didn't write this down, but yeah, yeah, the, in fact, the guy that did own the, the world trade centers, he did take a huge insurance policy out on him. One that was specific to like terrorist attacks. Yeah, it was terrorist. It was like fire terrorist attacks and something else. Yeah. It was even like a collapse, a total collapse or something like that. It was crazy. Where you made more. Yeah. Yeah. And um, it wasn't maybe a month or two before it happened. So, I mean, I don't know. Coincidence? Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> maybe not. But, <laughs> I don't know. I think when you start taking all those things and putting yeah. them together, there's there's a little more than coincidence. Mm-hmm. There. It's easy. To, it's connecting dots. Yeah. So. Well, you know, and another thing that... that gets me is you know when i if we start talking about this stuff there will be people saying oh you guys are anti-american you're not you know what are you guys doing but you know if you keep letting your government control you i mean the government should be afraid of us and working for us we shouldn't be afraid of the government yeah and this is i think this is part of that we're trying 
we're just trying to find out the truth and what really happened because there's so many things that did not make sense, that did not add up. Yeah. You know, and I think it did take people a while, you know, to sit back and take all the emotion out of it and just look at what they're seeing and say, how in the world the two, three buildings actually, Tower 7, collapse into their footprint by a plane hitting because those buildings were 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 built they could they were supposed to be able to stand withstand multiple plane crashes so you crash a plane in each and they fall right into their footprint and and they weren't so and and you have to also think about building construction right and we have an mm-hmm. expert in the room <laughs> so if if yeah, i I'm take an expert on skyscrapers if i no 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 but but here <laughs> but here like let's look at this just through common knowledge, okay, and it's even it's even rooted in scripture. If you build your house on sinking sand, what happens? It sinks. Yeah, it, it and it falls over, right? But you build your house on a strong foundation, then it is strong. So that building is built on a strong foundation at its base to withstand and hold everything that's up at the top. That's the whole idea behind it. Would I be accurate mm-hmm. there, Mr. Builderman? Mm-hmm. Okay. They weren't even attacked at their base. Mm-mm. They were attacked. It was like the top third. You know, one yeah, of them top, was. top third, top Both half. Of them. Yeah. So if that was the case, shouldn't that top third or half probably be the part that fell? And then when it did, it would have fallen like more off to the side or not straight down. Yeah. So in order to have that kind of fall damage down like that, that base, the whole building has to be attacked, but the, the base has yeah. to be attacked exceptionally and, and well this, yeah. to make that fall that way. And that's what, um, a lot of these guys we're talking about that I was listening to were architects for truth, engineers for yeah. truth, yeah. explosive experts for truth. Um, they were talking about how, like, how precise that has to be for a building to fall like that, especially that size. Because, you know, even they said if even the slightest thing would have went wrong, like it would have started going like that, and if it would have met resistance... The, the side that gave first yeah. would have felt like that. It would have toppled over to one yeah. side. Okay. And the whole thing just came straight down. I remember watching those. Yeah. I remember watching those and live if you, on TV. And if you go back and look and <clears throat> slow it down, the center of the building drops first. And they said that is that is like the classic implosion. Because what they do is they load up the elevator shafts with explosives. So you're talking if if this building were slated for demolition, explosive demolition is what you're talking about. Yeah. Okay. That uh, the center would drop first, and then the rest would start coming. So when you watch the roof, especially on, you can really see it on Tower Seven. Um, so it's like this, and then all of a sudden you see it dip down, and then it comes down. Um. But they said, you know, you, you have to take out the center, all the corners, I mean, all the support beams, all the joints at precisely the right time. It's got to be timed exactly right for a building to fall like that. Which I remember in Loose Change, they were showing the puffs of smoke out. Yeah. And you can I could watch yeah. it. Like, as it's like puff of smoke, that one, puff of smoke, that one, puff. Right. And you can, like, watch it all the way down, which part of me is like, okay, that's not as selling me it's like okay maybe there's air rushing through that when it's collapsing it's pushing that dust out the side i don't know you know like that yeah but when you're willing to i'm willing to give that benefit of the doubt kind of thing but but when you when you coincide that with a lot of the first responders um and what they were hearing there were guys that were even in partway and in, in the building that said 
They didn't know what was going on, but all they could hear is boom, 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 boom. And then people outside, and they were, they were saying, we didn't know what was going on. All we heard was just a wave of explosions. And all of them kept saying it was like a boom, 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 boom. And it was, a lot of explosive experts say that that was the floors being knocked out. And that's why it was falling and falling and falling and falling, because it was knocking them out as it was falling. And that's how an implosion works. It's not like you blow it up and it just falls down. It's like knocking things out as it's falling. And just while we're on that subject, Tower 1 fell in 11 seconds. Tower 2 fell in 9 seconds. That's, they said that is, that's free fall acceleration. At that height, they were saying at that height, the building actually accelerated while it was falling. And they said that is not possible with a, with like a, I guess you could say natural fall. Yeah. Right. Um, if what because, was being reported to us right, was what actually If it was a natural fall, they said it would have been more likely like it would start falling and go like that or like that. Oh. Uh, you know, like so it would have because. Fallen like left and then right and then left yeah, and then right. And then as that's things start yeah. to get out. Okay. And then, you know, part of it could have fallen way off. Um, but they said this is the first time ever in history that a, that a steel structure has totally collapsed because of fire. And a fuel expert, I was listening to a jet fuel expert, and he said as soon as those planes hit the building, jet fuel was gone. It was gone in less than three seconds. Just vaporized. Yeah. When you think about it, you throw, yeah, you throw gas on the fire. It's not going to soak the barrel yeah. and melt the barrel, you know. Yeah, and it's more it's combustible than, than gas. Yeah. Jet fuel. Oh, is. yeah, it's kerosene. Yeah. So as soon as it's ignited, I mean... It's gone. So there wasn't, you know, they had that theory of, well, it just soaked the beams and then it caught on fire and then it just melted the steel and then it just started falling. And for people who don't know, like the World Trade Center, they were the tallest two buildings in the world Mm -hmm. at the time. They're not even close to what would be the tallest now, but they were at um, just under 1,400 feet, 1,368 and 1,362 is how tall these buildings were. So they were uh, the tallest buildings in the world at the time, which is, I, I don't even know, that's probably the average skyscraper height nowadays. I mean, they're tall well, buildings. And there, there are also other, in keeping in mind, again, to, to give benefit of the doubt here, there are other documented skyscrapers being hit by aircraft. Granted, they were not jumbo jets. But the one of them, the skyscraper was so tall... And the fire burned because they couldn't get to it. They just were incapable of getting, so they just let it burn itself out. That was the only option they had. And I don't remember where this was. But that thing was on fire for like days and days and days and days. And that building never collapsed. Because that's another thing that you'll hear people say is, well, it caught the office furniture and like all these things on fire. And we had all this extra heat. You know, and and let's face it, that extra heat, right? You know, it's going to rise from like, let's say, floor 34 by the time it gets to floor 92 that's really hot up there because heat rises again talking physics but even then that would not have been the basal structure and making it you know fall the way it did 
Um, because you still got solid structure down below that. Yeah. Gonna... So, I mean, if, if, if floors 30 through 90 fell, like, okay, maybe I could wrap my mind around that. Yeah, but you're talking all exactly. the way to the ground. Well, and that's what, uh, another guy that, uh, that I'd watched, um, he was a fire expert and he was talking about, he specialized in like skyscrapers and he said, people don't realize how fire retardant that furniture, drapes, ceiling tiles, the drywall they use is special, you know, drywall. That accurate, uh, Mr. Builder Man? You've got to have like your divider between your, uh, like your garage and your house. It's got to be solid core door and drywall for a reason. Okay. Cause it's, your, I mean, your door's rated at 30 minutes, and the drywall's more than that. Yeah, and yeah, just so, think about a skyscraper. I mean, the fire starts up there. And their codes are probably even oh, significantly yeah. more stringent the, than... The fire suppression system well, and he was, things. Yeah, yeah, he was talking about how, you know, it was strange to him that all this stuff caught on fire, and they said it spread throughout the building because he said, that's almost impossible to do. You know... Yes, the plane crashed into it. There was a huge fireball. He said, "Yeah, it might have lit that the floor on that floor, the one above, the one below." He said, "I can see it spreading through there some," but he said, "It should have burned." People itself just out don't understand floors. how fire retardant that stuff is, and that there's there's spaces built in there to contain a fire. Yeah, you know that Let's it just... would be very hard. And they were looking. When this was designed, it was a, they were looking at impacts from jets because they were so tall. Makes um, sense, yeah. You know, fog, all that. Yeah, right. So all of this had been tested on with jet fuel, all of this. And he said, you couldn't hardly light this stuff on fire with jet fuel. What were you going to say? So, um, like the Titanic. The Titanic was said to be unsinkable, mm-hmm. you know. You can go back and look, and they have the science in the breakdown of what happened, how it sunk, and, like, you can see the whole study on that. I, like, I think you would struggle to find that for the World Trade Center. There's stuff oh, trying yeah. to discredit what they said, but there's nothing proving what they have said in the news and what they've shared and what, actually, what they say actually happened, you know? Which I know, like, People can say stuff in a lab and out in the real world. It doesn't. <laughs> a lot of times it doesn't work that way. So, I mean, there there is a benefit of the doubt there. But, you know, I, I didn't really, I wasn't thinking about, okay, there are all these codes, especially for skyscrapers, um, that how fire retardant stuff is, you know, because especially they said in Building 7 because it, it housed um, FBI field um, field offices, the biggest CIA field office other than Langley. Um, the IRS was in there. The SEC was in there. Oh, and Enron. <laughs> <laughs> and we all know weird. what happened there. Yeah. Well, so I don't know. I I've heard different theories about they were trying to get as rid of a much as much evidence as possible. With the CIA, because a lot of people say the CIA was directly involved with this. I don't know if that's true. Well, they were, but, in, they were in Bay of Pigs. Yeah. And Bay of Pigs was just so the, the, the whole, I mean, the whole thing was that so JFK could go to war with Cuba. Yeah. I mean, the whole reason that existed was so that they could start and have public support for a war with Cuba. 
Yeah, and so again, that's not that's why I'm not willing to put something like this past our government. I'm just not. I'm not either. I mean, I just that's sad to say, but I'm not. I mean, they were involved. You can go look at the the uh, declassified information for JFK. They were involved with that, which they recently reclassified, which I don't get. Oh, did they? Yes, recently. Man. Because it was at its, like, literally everyone that you could interview or anything to get first-hand account information is dead. So, what's that tell you? Anyway, sorry, go ahead. No, it's just, it came out that they were involved with that. Um, well, uh, so, you know, because one of the things they teach us at, as a law enforcement officer is, like, if we show up to a house fire... Like, don't be kicking in the door. And all. Like, if somebody's on the other side saying, help me, help me, you know, obviously. But when you open that door, you give oxygen to the fire, and it has more oxygen to burn. They're saying sometimes you can actually put a house fire out by closing a door because of those fire retardant things that are in place. Like, simply close a door, and it will burn all the oxygen in the room, and it will burn itself out. Um you know, and I know there's a lot of things here of like, okay, you just had a jet run into it. So the fire suppression, it might have hit the water pipe for the fire suppression system and all these other things. And But I, I can't imagine that there's one water pipe that feeds a, that a building that size's entire system. Like, so it yeah, hit, it hit every the, redundancy there or, you know, like I just, yeah. you know. So it, how, I, if it hit up here, how did it cut it down here? Yeah. You know. Yeah. I mean, these floors could have been. And and I, I think the thing that like just and I'm a people person. I love seeing people succeed. I know you do. I know you do. I know you do for sure, <laughs> uh, Janine. And the thing that I think that like is the reason that I want these questions answered and that maybe makes me would make me very angry is that there was were mothers and fathers that had to make the decision of burn alive or jump. Yeah. And they're and they're like one lady, her last thought of decency in this world was to hold her dress down as she was falling to her death. And that is why this is so important to conversation to have. And it's complete like you were saying earlier, the way that the founders intended for our government is completely opposite. They know everything about us and we know nothing about them. It's supposed to be the exact polar opposite. Yeah. Um and one of the many reasons that I want to run for sheriff, because I believe in that. And I believe in that transparency. And that's why, like, I want to do maybe a podcast as the sheriff of, like, here's what's going on. Here's what we're doing. Transparency. Within reason. You know, like, I don't want the criminals to know what we're doing so that we can catch them. But right. So it's just it's just backwards. And, you know, we saw that transition of power the most with the Patriot Act afterwards in that transition of power. And... You know, then we had that kind of Bay of Pigs-ish reason to go to war now with Iraq. I forget how they made that. I saw a funny meme one time that showed George W. Bush pointing at an easel. And he goes, we found the link and it's got Iraq written on the easel and it's got Al-Qaeda written on the easel. And the cues are both circled with a line between them. We found the link between Iraq and (laughs) Al-Qaeda. And, uh, you know, as that, as the joke for why they went to war, but we all know that like war is big business. Um, you know, you've got those companies that like, like I was looking, there was like this mortar shell that we've been giving to the Ukraine. 
that each one of those shells is like $155,000. One single shell shot out of this like howitzer thing. And so like now when we give aid to Ukraine, we're now giving out of our stockpiles, which then yeah. means we're going to replenish it, which means that we're going to buy those at $155,000 a pop from, you know, that big business that's, you know, looking to, to make a payday. So, you know, <clears throat> you look at a lot of people that are in business and, and to making money. And when you talk about removing the emotion from things and looking at it, that's what they're doing. They don't care legitimately. They don't care about the people that were in that building. They don't care about the war. They don't care about people. It's all about me and my money. Those people exist in our world. Like we can oh, sit yeah. here and have this discussion all day long about did it, was it exploded? Was it hit on purpose? Was it hit by a plane? Was it not? You know, we could, we can have those discussions all day long, but we all can agree that those people exist. Um, more than likely and, if like that company that's making those mortar shells, if Russia comes knocking on their door and says, we'll pay you 200,000 a shell, they probably flip and sell those, those <laughs> shells to them. Yeah. Usually there's, there's usually export laws on that kind of stuff though, where they can't like same, like night vision, like you can't export night vision. Like it's a huge, like federal felony. No, no. Um, but, but so those people exist, which means in order to get to where our government is now, cause can we, can, I know everybody in this question, in this room will answer this question. Yes. But can we, we, and if you're listening to this podcast, can we also just agree that our government system, I'm not talking about the world government, but our government system right now is morally bankrupt. Like we, we can all agree on that. I would oh, yeah. assume. Mm-hmm. So why wouldn't these people who are sociopaths that are morally bankrupt, why wouldn't they make the decision to make extra money that they don't care? It's all about them and what they can get and what, and, and, and some of them are so obtuse that they, Making a fraction of a point better on their stock is a snubbing my nose, ha ha, look at me to one of their other rich friends. Look, I've got more money than you now. And it's like this back and forth and it's a game. I guarantee someone somewhere that is rich is doing that. And, and so that's, that's why like I'm, I, and you know, we were talking earlier before the podcast, like when it comes to media, we can all agree that our mainstream media, no matter which network it is that you turn on is propaganda. And so if you have a propaganda machine that is morally bankrupt, that is bent on not seeing us as Americans succeed and seeing us prosper, us as in just this, our, the general people, and they are attacking a man like Donald Trump, what does that tell you about Donald Trump's character? That's he is exactly against, what I'm getting at. He is against that propaganda machine. Yeah. And I know we're getting a little off subject here, but like, I'm just trying to like tie all this stuff together just to hopefully get people like, this isn't me causing, calling for some uprising because I truly think that the powers that be would love that violence because now we can start declaring martial law and get more power. And we could, we, if we were violent at this point, I think it would cement the power structure. It would give them everything that they wanted and needed. And I think that's exactly what they want. That's why they're releasing people from prisons. That's why they're not putting people in prisons. That's why violent crimes up, etc. So this is just to get people thinking and questioning. And please just change your little corner. Like if you, there's 8 billion of us and probably, let's just say a million of them, the rich people, like the, those people that would want harm on us. 
if we can just start thinking and just kind of putting these things together and being like, okay, we, we need to change my little corner. Like I'm going to go back to my traditional values. I'm going to go back to what made America what it was and what made it great. And like you seeing your neighbor for being a neighbor and seeing them as a person instead of this enemy that I'm supposed to attack, like instead of seeing them as like, you're black and I'm not supposed to like you because I'm white or you're a Democrat and I'm not supposed to like you because I'm a Republican. And we get back to uniting 8 billion of us versus a million of them. Who's going to win? Like if we truly got together and changed our little corner of where it is that we're at, yeah. you're never like, if you think that Donald Trump getting office is going to save the world, you're sorely mistaken. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we all need to do our part. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of just like what this is of getting behind it and getting this conversation and getting people thinking and like, being willing to go back to that and realizing that your government is not out there for your best interest. They're not, they no, just aren't. They're not. <laughs> They've proven that time and time again, they've given billions of dollars to Ukraine and $700 to each person in Maui, Hawaii. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I uh, just went on a tangent there. Just, just call me Andy Frisilla. <laughs> but, um, so what's, what's the next thing you got on your list? Well, I was just going to point out another thing about the twin towers is I mean, didn't anybody kind of think it's weird how the planes just sliced right into those buildings? Like, the whole plane just went right in. I, I didn't, honestly, never even considered it until I saw the video that you shared. So, yeah. expound. I mean, you know, when you're watching it and they're telling you all that, I mean, you just don't even think about it. You're just like, how, how terrible this is and everything. But, like I said, when you kind of remove the emotion and you, you're looking at it, you're like, how did a plane really just fly through that building? How did the wings, aluminum wings, cut right through concrete and steel? You know? Mm -hmm. I mean, you could use the same science behind it, like throwing a baseball through a bat, a hole through a bat. You know, yeah, I know they break sometimes. But if somebody stuck out a bat to bun it, so it's stationary, and somebody throws a 100-mile-an-hour fastball, that ball should go right through the bat. Should make a hole right through the bat. Have you ever seen that? No. I mean, every action has an equal but opposite yeah. reaction. Yeah. And even if it did like explode, you know, like on contact, most of that explosion should have been outside the building because yeah. I mean, your fuel is in the the wings, isn't it? Isn't yeah. That where the, yes. Yeah. Some the some some planes have it like in in the fuselage, but weight and balance is typically in the wings. Yeah. Especially on bigger planes like that, you know. So those wings are going to hit and you instantly know, blow up on the outside of the building. Even when you see, when you're landing, how the wings are bouncing, it's just like, how in the hell did that cut through steel? Mm -hmm. You know, I'd never thought about it, honestly, until you said, you, sh you shared that video with us earlier, what, this week, I think, or last week. And there, there is a, some ex-military and... At that time, there was a, a former CIA agent that's suicided <laughs> that came out and talked about how there was a there was a a plan that they had developed, and I think it was called Operation Backwoods or Northwoods. I can't remember. Um, and I tried to look it up, and you can't even find that anymore. But please, anybody that's listening to this, please do your research and try to find it. But it basically what it was is, was to dress up a commercial airliner as a, 
it was a, actually a cruise missile looking like a commercial airliner. So what they did, it was controlled, remote control style. Um, and what they would do is they would intercept the plane that was on a, a flight path, and they would have them turn their transponder off, and they would go land at like an undisclosed location. Mm -hmm. And so it would pick up the fake airliner that was now a cruise missile. And what they were doing is if, if they were ever to attack a country, they would disguise it as a commercial airline. Mm -hmm. And by the, the switch in air, on radar, they couldn't really tell. So the CIA agent was saying that that was, you saw a cruise missile hit the, the building, the dressed up as himself. a um, commercial airline. Um, and it was kind of weird because a lot of, you could see, if you go back and research, you can you can still find a few eyewitnesses that were down on the street that were filming um, the first tower, and then they happened to catch the plane come through and hit the second tower. And all, almost all those people said it was kind of weird because it didn't look like it had any windows on it or any markings, and it was really dark gray. And it just, they said it just didn't look like a commercial airliner that mm -hmm. they've ever seen. And I don't so, even know what a cruise or a cruise missile like that be enough for it to make it fall. I think it was a distraction. Yeah. Honestly, that that's my own theory, own opinion. I think the planes were a distraction for what the buildings were going to do. Mm -hmm. So it would take the horribleness of hijackers um, flying the plane into the buildings and everybody would be so caught up with that they wouldn't realize that buildings falling like that didn't make any sense because they're all stirred up about the planes hitting the buildings. Yeah. And by the time people did figure out that, oh, that doesn't the damage, make sense. The damaging power Damage control. is done yeah. and we're yeah. already well, and more a, in other Another countries. thing that was interesting, um, airline pilots for truth and, and the architects and engineers, they figured out off a of video they could calculate how fast or pretty accurately how fast the, the airline was traveling when it hit the building. And they came to the conclusion that it was right around 585 miles an hour. So then the pilots were like, okay, that's not even possible because a commercial airline, especially that model and those engines, could only fly barely over 400 miles an hour, and that was at 35,000 feet. And they said, well, so then they went through, well, what about if it was a nosedive and all that? And they said, there's no way it could get to that speed. Yeah, see, um, so typically those airframes are rated. Now, I will say here, I just Googled real quick, like, how fast does an airliner go? And it did say an aircraft that flies long distance can go approximately 547 miles an hour to 575 miles an hour. Now, keeping in mind that that aircraft is up in thinner air, yeah. up in the jet stream, um, where it can cruise much faster, the air density down down because they're that that's New York's basically yeah. sea level is significantly more dense, and those airframes when you overspeed them, they literally start to rip apart. Mm -hmm. um, now, that's can can you overspeed them for a little bit and be okay and stuff? Sure, you know, but you have to also think that when it got into the dive, if you're diving that aircraft. And it's over. It's already at over speed conditions, and then you pull the G's. When you pull back on the stick, you pull the G's. You're going to snap the wings off. 
because well, it's not made that... to do that. And those planes hit pretty level. I mean, w- yeah. I mean, they were one of they them. Did. I remember was kind of a little off kilter, but it wasn't like they were in a dive at the. They they were more straight right. on. So well, in order to come a... and fly, you're going to lose airspeed when you. If you did pull back on the stick and get it, you're going to lose airspeed well, significantly. That's what another point they were making is if an inexperienced pilot doing that by hand, that's almost impossible. Yeah. I mean, the aircraft's computer system would help with that some, but it's going to try to give the pilot what it wants. Well, check this out. They um, So they did this, and I think this is on the video I sent you, um, the longer one. Okay. So they set up a flight simulator, and this was years afterwards, um, with... I don't remember how many pilots, but all of them had 20-plus years of flying commercial airliners. So they set up the same situation. They even put, they could bring up the Twin Towers back on the simulator. Um, Transponders off, no GPS. They had to fly it by hand, and none of them hit it on the first try. In fact, none of them hit it the first four times they tried it. And keeping in mind, these guys likely have thousands of hours. They fly those planes every day. Yep. Um, so then they had to slow it down to landing speed to where they could actually hit the building. Because they said at that speed, um, the I guess the error of margin was like 33 feet of either side. Yeah. And or they or they wouldn't have hit the building at all. And at and at seven hundred mile or excuse me at five hundred miles an hour, you're going roughly seven hundred and you know seven hundred eighty eight hundred feet per second. Yeah. So you're having to make these changes in the aircraft, and if you know by the time you perceive something, it goes through your brain. It processes typically in an officer involved shooting. They tell us you have like one point six seconds from the time you perceive a gun to the time you react to it. So in that one point, so basically two seconds, the aircraft has gone another 1,600, 1,700 feet. So that, just to illustrate the math behind behind that. Yeah. This fly wants to die. It's bothering, <laughs> like, have you ever noticed it's not bothering Janine? <laughs> Let's see if I can kill it here. I'm probably even going to cut this out of the podcast. I'm just going to, oh, it seriously landed in my hand. Let's see if I can do this. Oh, oh, yeah, I got it. Y'all are welcome. Eat it. Yes. There's no possible way that that's not that you first get it off the floor. I'm leaving that. I'm not even cutting that out. <laughs> that's staying. So, okay. So there, I think we can agree there's a lot of anomalies. Yeah. That More questions than um, answers. Yeah. You know, and I even went into like, I didn't realize there was a gold vault and a silver vault underneath the towers. Um, Neither did I. Back, Back in my research, um, which you can't hardly find it now, but please, if people find it, please send it to me, or Nick, or Nate, or Janine. But uh, she's like, anyway, I don't want to be a part of this. These vaults were <laughs> were totally cleaned out, like three days before. Like they had van after van after van, and they were people were talking about how they'd see all these vans like go under. There's like a parking garage underneath the towers. And that's where I think in part of that there was a vault um, that kept a lot of gold and silver. Um, and they said that it, like all night long, they would just see van after van after van pull out of there and they couldn't figure out what was going on. You know, the one thing that I do 
I know Bob wasn't here, um, or, or Bob isn't here, and, and nobody knows the conversation we were having prior to the podcast. But the one thing that I guess kind of makes me go, huh, the other way is, so you have all these people that were doing the van after van and all that. So how, how do you keep those people quiet? How do you keep the, like, for, for the better part of two decades now, well, over two decades, how do you... I mean, is there just that much fear? Have you suicided that many people? Like, I, I mean, that's well, the only part that I'm kind of curious. Were told. But I mean, because I think if, that was part of Flight 93 and the Pentagon. I don't, I don't think that was a plane that hit the Pentagon, and I don't think Flight 93 crashed in that field either. Okay. Um, so, what are your theories? Well, there? I think what happened was. They landed at an airbase, like an undisclosed airbase, which they there's several all over the place that people don't realize that are there. Um, but I think they were told that they were taking part in a homeland security um, exercise. Or yes, something? Okay. an exercise, um, and that it would really help out with everything um, if they would go along with this script and, and that. It would even be easier to say, hey, there have been terrorist attacks. We're being forced down. We're going to land here. You know? I mean, there's yeah. there's all kinds of different ways you could have done that, too. But it kind of leads into the C.C. Lyles phone call. Okay. You want to play but, that now? Well, yeah. Uh, are we can, no, you well, can. I'm just going to say that, you know, I this is research that I've done that I've heard a few people talk about and those videos they put out they were ended up dying in weird accidents so i don't i don't know it could all be coincidence i really don't know but um their theory was or i guess they actually knew that these planes had landed the one from 77 and 93 had both landed at undisclosed air force bases um and they the people were told that they were taking part in an exercise that for Homeland Security. And so they were glad to do it. But part of the phone calls, remember the 90, the flight 93 where people were calling. Um, and that's where the let's roll came from. But family members, you can go back and look at family members saying it was really weird how crystal clear these calls were because it, where they were supposed to be in their flight plan, they still would have been like 30-some thousand feet. And at that time, in 2001, this whole video went over like cell phones. And I looked at other videos about cell phones at that, at that era. None of them would go past 5,000 feet in the air. And they said even if they were down lower to where they could talk, they said they would hear engine noise, you know, they would, it would be staticky and they said it would, the call would drop constantly because there weren't as many cell towers at that time and the speed of the airplane, they're going to drop calls constantly. And you're going to be switching towers quite frequently. So when you're driving down the road, they have made the technology where you can seamlessly switch between towers, but with spotty cell coverage, the way it was in 2001, not as good as it is now. Um, and then you're going that, you know, 700 miles an hour. I mean, keep in mind at 120 miles an hour, you're going one mile every 30 seconds, you know, take that now times, you know, seven, six or seven. And now you're, you're, you're transversing, traversing 
significant distances in short periods of time with right. older technology. Um, and, you know, you have to consider the like FCC regulations are like the no, number one, those towers are designed to project those radio frequencies down. That's why they're so tall. And if you have line of sight, typically you have the best connected connectivity to it, but it pro- projects that more down. And it, it's not like it's just this like spherical orb around it. It's very directional and right. it's got multiple antennas all the way around where it's more directional. And keeping in mind that was probably during maybe 3G was probably what was, I can't even remember. Um, so maybe, you know, so you have to keep in mind three gigahertz is what it's propagating. And so when you get to that's before higher, the razor came out. Um, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. So actually I want to, I want to do this real quick cause this is, Hey, look at the Greek, Greek for pro Evangelium. That was evidently a search not long ago, but um, so why are you doing that? It, they were just commenting on how crystal clear the calls were and they thought it was odd. Okay, there we go. And then you can even hear in the, the CC Lyle, she's a, um, oh, an, an airport or an airplane. God, I can't even talk. Flight right attendant. Now. Yeah, she's yep. a flight attendant. And she was calling her husband and basically telling him goodbye because they'd been hijacked and all this and that. And so what this guy was saying was they were actually acting, they were supposed to be acting like they were saying goodbye because they wanted this to be an exercise that was so true to life that even their loved ones wouldn't know. So anyway, that's, that's a recording that you have. Okay. Um, also, if we back up just real quick and we'll go to the recording, sorry. So Operation, Operation Northwoods actually mm-hmm. wasn't in relation to uh, the World Trade Center or that, that the airplane thing you were talking about, but, but, because I was researching it, but it, it further helps us expound. Okay, so this, this is from government documents, from our government, okay? So Operation Northwoods was a proposed false flag operation that originated within the United States Department of Defense of the government in 1962. The proposal called for CIA operatives to stage and commit acts of terrorism against military, American military and civilian targets, blaming them for the Cuban, on the Cuban government and the, using them to justify a war against Cuba. So keep, we keep going down. So the, the, um, proposed recommended hijacking and bombings followed by the introduction of false evidence that would implicit Cuban government is stated at, or it stated, the desired result from the execution of this plan would be to place the United States in the apparent position of suffering defensible or suffering defensible grievances from a rash and irresponsible government of Cuba and to develop an international image of Cuba being a threat to peace in the Western Hemisphere. So this is f- literally from our own government. Yeah. <laughs> so... Is there an Why operation backwards? I, I didn't find anything there, um, and it, it could have been scrubbed. Uh, I even went to different search engines to, to mm. try. Because um, uh, Nor- Northwoods did come up, but like here's, yeah, it, it's all like TikToks and surgery and medicine, post-traumatic arthritis, <laughs> surgery and backwoods cabin <laughs> by alleged cannibal. <laughs> but anyway, um, it gets deep. 
so so anyway, back back on subject here. So we were talking about so believable that the families wouldn't even know that it was that kind of a false flag right. thing too. So you're talking about the CC Lau. So can you set the stage to this video? This looks almost like it's like a pastor to church, but where what it's it, what a, is... it's a court filing. Okay. Like he's he's talking about. I think this might have been um, part of the 9-11 commission. Okay. Like he is trying to enter in this evidence as to what happened to these people. Why were these calls so clear? So he's, this lawyer is trying to make his point, and I think they just pretty much shut him down. And, and I, will, him out. I will say that as I was listening to this, I put my headphones on while you guys were talking to Bob. That her phone call is a little bit kind of tough to hear just because of the vocal range that she has and and the audio being recorded by another audio source. It's not like a direct line in. Mm. It's almost like you took your cell phone into the movie theater and recorded the movie. I got you. Um, so we may have to kind of break down like what's being said in the call. But okay. we could still listen to it and go from there. So uh, let's. The key is to listen right at the end. Yeah. Because so she'll it... whisper something. Uh, she was a flight attendant on United 93. Uh, during the hijacking, she had called her husband, Lauren, at home. Um, he was in the shower when she called, so he missed her call, and she left a voicemail message, which I'll play for you in just a moment. Um, she subsequently called again and spoke to Lauren when he had gotten out of the shower, but he didn't know he had this voicemail message waiting for him until about a week later when he got home from her funeral. So you play that, please, Captain. Did we miss? Did we miss the? the she little... said it's a fake. Ah, right at the end where she says "I love you" and she starts to break down. She says it's a fake. Hmm. If you can listen, do you want to listen to just that? Yeah, little we part? we could we could like I can't again. understand a word she's saying. Yeah, she basically was saying, <laughs> "Honey, honey, I'm on a I'm on an air, <laughs> airline. It's been faked, I'm, or it's been I'm on an airplane. Hijacked. It's been hijacked. I'm not sure what to do." You she know, said basically. something about there being three guys or something like that. Uh, there it was. There it was. Oh, also sounds like maybe it's okay. Like maybe she was trying to tell somebody in the plane it was okay. I don't know. But here, here's another thing that I just thought about while I was listening to that is she didn't sound very panicked. Yeah. To me. Mm-hmm. It's pretty clear. Yeah, that would that is for being on an airplane. Yeah. Well, it, it, actually, you know what's another? Let's let's play that back again. I just hold on right here when she hangs up. That sounds like a landline. Yeah, I would say it sounds like a landline instead of a cell phone, but.
you know how like you you miss the hanger with the old mm-hmm. school That's what like, it sounds like yeah mm-hmm. like you, you're missing hanging the phone up, which I don't know did those phones that they used to talk to us were they capable of air to ground communications like that like dialing a number? I don't know. Yeah, that's not that's not something I can answer. But so if you look uh, if you look online for things like, for instance, if you look for a thing called Millivision, uh, if I remember, that's what it was called back in, I think, like the '60s. The American government had that ability to see through walls and see things on the inside. Like this today, that's no big deal, right? Like you have thermal cameras that can see mm-hmm. through walls that firefighters use to battle. But back in the '60s, that 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 was what that exists right and now we have ai that's out today that can do insane things i mean you see the funny twitch videos all the time well you probably don't because you don't watch that kind of thing but they have ai that is trump and ai that is biden and then they pit them against each other in a debate on twitch but it's all ai driven and it sounds just like them Hmm. and it even interacts with the people in the chat like, they can ask questions of the quote-unquote candidates. So, if that's publicly available now, what does our government have? So, so how do we know that maybe this was an AI back then? Could have been. Um, is where my mind then goes. Of, and that's, like, another thing that I heard, heard an interesting conspiracy theory with this the actors guild going on strike where they were saying that they've taken scans of our bodies and they're using AI to generate us. So they're not paying us as much money and all this other kind of stuff. Well, we all know the sexual misconduct that's been going on in our nation and also, especially in Hollywood to get anywhere. Mm -hmm. So you have all these egregious things that are starting to come to light and now they can say, Hey, Hey, that wasn't me. That was an AI scan of my body. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I'm waiting to use it. I'm, I'm waiting for him to use it on Trump. In the reverse, well, it already has. Uh, According, wait, the the Twitter files—they were finding out that most of the people, like, if you got on and said, "Hey, you know, Trump 2020, you know, MAGA, blah blah blah," and then you start getting attacked, those were AI bots that were put to attack you to make it seem like there wasn't public support. That was one thing that Elon had released from the Twitter files. I mean, like a deep fake, like where it looks just like Trump sounds just like him, and he says something just completely. Yeah. Off the wall. I, uh, yeah, I, I just randomly thought of that as I was sitting here listening to that of if, if I were uh, that, cause that's what I, that's my job. I try to think like a criminal. If I were to like want to do this crime, like how would I try to get away with it? And so as I was listening to that, I was like, well, how would I try to do this? And I probably have access to technology as the federal government or the CIA, especially that nobody else does. And Nobody even knows that it exists, so how can you... But now, 20 years later, it's like, hmm, maybe. I don't know. Uh, I could be all washed up there. Yeah. Well, it was interesting because this guy was talking about, well, what happened to the passengers then? Yeah, And he said, well, you know, they were told they were going to get comp tickets, you know, and, and just all this other stuff because they participated in this exercise. And he said, no, by the way, for, for your, you know, time and suffering and all that, um, here, we'll give you, we've got food, drinks, whatever, um, cause we have to let this exercise go on. So everybody just go ahead and eat and drink and we'll be back on the plane soon and, and you guys will be home and, you know, 
course, nobody left there alive. Which what he was saying was they'd poisoned all the food and drink. But I mean, that's pretty. That's I know. I realize that's out there and that's crazy. But and even the guy that was interviewing, I I remember him saying he's like that's that's kind of far out there. And he goes, "Is it? They just killed three thousand people in the that's, Twin Towers." That's where my mind went. <laughs> yeah, you know, not that that's funny, but it's it's. We we obviously just discussed the sociopathic mind. Yeah, and we have an expert in the room. Like, do, do, they're so disassociated with their emotions that it doesn't right. It doesn't matter. Like, they'll they'll do whatever it takes to get whatever it is they want. Right. Right. And those people exist in our society. Right. Yes. And some examples of people of, that existed in our society would be like what Ted Bundy, Ted Bundy, Jeffrey Dahmer. Yeah. You know, those kind, those kind of people. Could you right. even say like severe alcoholics and that kind of stuff are that way? They'll do anything they can to get that next drink, whether that's hiding it from a loved one, this and that. I don't, I don't think they're dissociated from their emotions, though. That's the key there. Aren't they usually suppressing their emotions with that? Yeah. I mean, I understand where you're going mm-hmm. with that, Nate. But, yeah, the, the um, basis of... Both of those is different. Mm-hmm. You know, it's coming from a different. You're talking about a sociopath versus an alcoholic. And and there and there are even like studies out there that like people that are usually highly successful in business at the very least have some of those sociopathic tendencies of things so that are probably um, suppressing it well or using it to a point where it's like butting right up against those legal lines, you know? I mean, how many times have we seen corporations take advantage of people's people, mm-hmm. you know, without getting on yet another tangent, I'll stop myself there. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, that's not a far thought to think, you know, 3000 people when there was a, a, a nation of 200 million, that's, what's well, an extra that's 50. Not even, that's or not how even, many people were on that flight? That, yeah, I say another, let's, let's just estimate another, let's just say another 3000. Again, you're talking 6,000. I know that's estimating high, but I mean, you have probably, what, 150 people-ish? Probably about 100. Yeah. So on each one of those. Well, and which, what was interesting about Shanksville, if you really look into it, and I've, I have been looking and looking and looking, and now it's everything you look at, it's like Shanksville, all these conspiracy theories debunked and all this and that. But when you first were able to look at it, when I first started looking three years ago, that's what really was getting my mind moving to really find out the truth because there was a big, huge crater and smoke. So when the first responders pulled up, they were like, is that, are we, did the plane really crash right here? You know, cause they started looking for a secondary crash scene because mm-hmm. there was no plane debris, no debris or body anywhere. Or- yeah, no bodies, nothing. I remember hearing about that on one of those yeah. documentaries that I walked watched clear back. So in the day. they were looking for miles and miles and miles because they they were like this can't be the initial crash site because usually there's miles of debris. Mm-hmm. You know, of everything from magazines to chair parts to body parts, <laughs> mm-hmm. luggage and there was none of that. Um, they even said that there were, you know, usually there was a guy that was on this site that had been on a plane crash site before. And he said it was odd to him that he did not smell jet fuel because he said 
that he had worked on a site for a couple of days and he said the smell of jet fuel was strong for days and he said there wasn't i mean you can smell it sometimes you get on an airplane yeah and those pressurized cabs which are carbon filtered and everything i'm sure you can smell that through all that system sometimes Mm -hmm. it's powerful but i listened one to the other day uh, when i was trying to get ready for this and it's like all the, they were saying that the coroner had um, changed his story. That actually there were there was debris everywhere. Um, it was in really small pieces. Um, the larger pieces were caught up in the trees, and people had overlooked that when they first saw the scene. Hmm. Makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> so, and it was this place was like a, a pasture. It wasn't like it was a forest or something, mm-hmm. so it wasn't like everything was caught up in the trees. So I don't know. That's and if you want to go another loose end, yeah, it just something that just it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. Mm-hmm. I mean, well, and the whole idea of that nine eleven commission should have been we're putting all of this together and then releasing all of it out to allow people to be well informed, right? Um, which again, I understand slippery slopes of, you know, maybe some investigative techniques that you would be using to catch righteous terrorists. You probably don't want them to know because then they could usurp that. But, but by and large, it should have been a significant amount of data, Yeah, you know, that, that helped answer some of those questions, but you never see those. That same thing that you saw with like from at least it's been reporting, you know, the J6 committee just destroying all of their evidence. It's just like, well, like that's the exact opposite of what should be going on is like, we should have access to that and, you know, scan, scan it in, like scan the documents and release it and allow people to make their own well-formed opinions to look at the data. I mean, they're talking about how they don't want people to talk about quote unquote conspiracy theories, but they just further fan the fires there. Well, that's the thing. They never really, they never really come out and tell you, all the reasons why it happened the way it did. They just they just want to label you a conspiracy theorist. They don't yeah. want to tell you why you are, but or how your theories are wrong. Disprove these conspiracy yeah. theories. And I mean, prove if, your... if they could come out and disprove it, I'd be like, okay, yeah, it happened the way you yeah. said. It's like, yeah. no, you know? it did melt these steel beams. Here's how. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to believe that our government did this mm-hmm. or whatever. But I'm not so naive to think that it couldn't happen. No, no. With with the human condition. I mean, going back to our original podcast, we as a, a human condition from the, the word go have been broken. So I would not put it past the human condition to do such a thing. I mean, Cain killed Abel. You know, I mean, it just, it, it happens. It exists. Yeah. It's a thing. Um, the Pentagon, you guys... Did you guys watch the video I sent you? Yeah. The security video? Yeah. Okay, so what I was saying in my text that the Boeing 757, without its landing gear, with its landing gear up, is 45 feet high. So that wall of the Pentagon is 77 feet high. So did that look like something 40 feet high hitting that wall? Certainly not. I mean, to me it looked like a missile. Yeah, and that was and what I'd always Especially as fast was. as it was moving and as low to the ground. The crazy part about the Pentagon stuff is like that's one of the most secure and 
Like, it's got the most cameras, and, like, the only footage they have is from a shitty gas station across the street. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, there's yeah. cameras all over that yeah. place, and, and that's the only And then the footage. place that it hit it was the Office of Government Governmental Corruption. And, the, yeah, that was, there was JFK files and all sorts of stuff in there, wasn't yeah. there? Mm-hmm. Well, and, and also thinking of it, so if we go back to kind of our original talk was the piloting skills it would have taken yeah. to get that aircraft into position. Now, if you were looking top down and you went down on the Pentagon, that would have been significantly easier. Yeah. But to come at it from the side like that would have been some pretty significant piloting skills. Yeah. Uh, did you ever watch any videos on that from? I did. Um, from the and air- there was a reenactment of the flight plan for where it, it had to come in that low to hit where it did. Um, and it would have wiped out trees, yeah, light poles, right. telephone yep. poles. I mean, all this stuff. Which would have been exceptionally damaging yeah. to an aircraft. I mean, think about it. Striking a bird with yeah. an aircraft is a significant event. I mean, they will announce it on the radio and like bird strike, bird strike, bird strike. And then they have, at which point they will put the aircraft down. They will say to the tower, we have an emergency, we've had a bird strike, and they have free open rain. They will wave everyone off of that air- airport, and they have free rain to put that aircraft on the ground. So what do you think that telephone poles and trees and you know buildings and things like that are going to do? Because, again, keeping in mind, going that fast, if we pull the aircraft up to get it that low to the ground, we're going to lose airspeed. Um. And so, if assuming it's going that fast and we don't over-G it and rip the wings off, um, it just doesn't add up. And, that, you know, and that's even, an even smaller target than the World Trade Significantly Center. smaller. Yeah. And harder to hit. From, mean, from a side angle. Mm-hmm. Now, from the top, no, I think it'd be even easier. Yeah. It's like literally a huge bullseye. You're right. You know, just pick, pick a spot and mm-hmm. hit it from the top down. But that's not what happened. Yeah, and even if it did knock off the wings and it skipped across the ground and hit it, I mean, it, you would have had a big fireball and everything, well, and too. there would be marks in the grass. Yeah. And there was nothing. Oh, it just, like it, like <laughs> we said, it's it's more questions than answers. Yeah, exactly. And, I mean, if they would come out and say, this is exactly how it happened, this is the angle they came at, this is why it made this hole that wasn't bigger than a, I mean, it, the hole was actually pretty small. And that building... If I remember correctly, like the exterior of it is thick, thick concrete. Mm-hmm. Like it's like so, a, it's like a big bunker, yeah, basically. And so how how are there no plane parts at that site either in the yard? Yeah, bouncing they across. They didn't the find any of them there either. Yeah, but they said it was going so fast and that it disintegrated and it hit. <laughs> you made Nate speechless head scratcher I've been watching your face and your brows like furrowed and- <laughs> but I mean you can watch that video and it's like that is clearly in my opinion that is clearly not a plane Yeah, because no, even as fast as it was moving you would be able to see like the tail the tail wing I mean you'd be able to say okay I did see the outline of a plane. Yeah. I did see that. Because even when they show the planes hitting the towers, they're moving just as fast. Well, I don't think as fast as this, but 
you know, no, this if, is if like, they're saying it was a, an actual plane, it was moving whatever around this the same speed. Is. And you could clearly see, you know, even between buildings, when you just saw a little bit, you could tell that was a plane mm-hmm. or something that looked like a plane. Close to a plane, at least. This didn't even look like a plane. Yeah. I mean... And it's only in, like, in that video, it's like two or three frames where you can see an object. You know, it's moving fast. Yeah. And it's very low. Did you see anything where they were calculating the speed of it? Maybe you were talking about they could calculate the speed of the airliners with it. Did you see any? Have you ever read anything like that that you know of? I haven't. Because I don't know, but that's... Keeping in mind, you, you can't really judge it from that because it's almost like you said, it's like that one or two frames. Like you, mm-hmm. you, you don't really have but a good I, frame but of I reference think there, I guess. But I think if that was a plane, it would be so large because it would be over half the size of that wall that you'd be able to pick out at least like the tail. Yeah, something. You some know? defining feature. I mean, right. there'd be one frame in there where it's just like all plane. Basically. Yeah, like you just see something huge, boom. Because it'd be across that mm-hmm. whole yard going into that building. I, Mm-hmm. That's my brain, not the Pentagon. <laughs> Just lots of questions. Yeah. What else you have for us? Um, well, back to... I was just going to point out one thing about Building 7. Um, and there was actually two things. There's a BBC reporter, and you might still be able to find this one, but she's talking about how Building 7 has already collapsed. And she's talking about it. And as she's saying, Building 7 has already collapsed. And it's in the background. It's behind her. (laughs) And then as she's talking, it collapses. Oh, hey, look, here we go. Fullfact.org is the first one on on Google. Is it my snaps? Error in BBC reporting doesn't mean 9-11 was scripted. (laughs) Anyway, here's the video. Um, hopefully, hopefully it gives some context here. Well, that one's easy to pull up. <laughs> it says, I'm, I'm sure you're aware of the World Trade Center Twin Towers collapsed on September 11th, 2001. It's just giving text on the screen. Um, oh, there we because everybody, once you have seen Building 7, there's no way back. You can you can cheat on yourself. And After you seven hours later, Building but, Seven collapsed neatly into its own footprint. You you have seen it, and then there is no way back. It's very it's not very healthy, you know, to lie to yourself. The BBC say, reported no, the collapse before the building actually fell. Yeah, and it was a female reporter from the BBC. Yeah, it goes. It shows that here in just a moment. It's not a result of a new attack. It was because the uh, building had been weakened. Uh, during uh, this morning's attacks. We'll probably find out more now about that from our correspondent, Jane Stanley. Jane, what more can you tell us about the Salomon Brothers building and its collapse? Well, only really what you already know. Details are very, very sketchy. And it's it's pointing an arrow showing that World Trade Center 7 is still standing in the background in the video. You can see behind me, the uh, Trade Center appears to be still burning. We see these huge clouds of smoke and ash, and we know that behind that, there's an empty piece of what was a very familiar New York skyline, a symbol of the financial prosperity of this city, but uh, completely disappeared now, and New York is still unable to take on board what has happened to them today. 
Presumably there were very few people in the Solomon building when it... So, that building is a lot bigger than I thought it was. Yeah, it's... Uh, 47 stories. Yeah. I thought I thought that building was just kind of some, like, ancillary, kind of, like, support building wow, as far that's as... Big. That's a big building. Yeah. That's a lot bigger than I thought it was. Well, and, you know, and at so what, first the they're theory? trying to th- say it was really old, and it was built in 1984. So when, I mean, when were the towers was, built? Was it built around the same know. time? They were. I don't know. But I'm, let's, let's I want to say the look. 60s. 67. When were the twin... If I could spell the... But... April 2006. No, that's for the new ones. <laughs> <laughs> you know. There's something fishy going on. Yeah. <laughs> no wonder this okay. is so crazy. So the twin towers, <laughs> so the twin towers uh, were completed in 1973, and it was hit by Islamic ext- extremists, quote unquote, in '93. Can't yeah, even with the van parked underneath. Yeah. See, that would have been the place to attack it at. That was the right idea. Mm-hmm. Attacking it at its base. You know, that was the right idea. Just probably not enough boom. Well, in, in the a building that was 38 stories, and the building was almost the same construction, was called the Meridian Bank in Philadelphia. And um, this, this particular bank, it was a bank, um, and it caught on fire and was on fire for over 18 hours. The building didn't collapse, and in fact, after they had gone into the building to determine whether it was structurally sound or not, there was no structural damage to the building. Huh. And it, this it was kind of funny because this explosive expert was, he did implosions. He was like the number one implosion guy in the world. And he said, he goes, well, you know, after 9-11, he thought, I don't even need to buy explosives anymore. All I'll have to do is go start an office fire in these buildings and they'll fall right into their footprint. Yeah, right. Yeah. And he said, and that would never be allowed ever. <laughs> <laughs> huh. You know, so he's saying like these older buildings that they're getting rid of in Vegas and stadiums and all that, all you have to do is start a fire on the top floors. And, and they'll perfectly collapse and in on themselves. they will perfectly collapse in on themselves. Ah, that's a, that's so a, you don't that's even a, need explosives. That's a beautiful logic save train. Save a lot of money that yeah. way. Beautiful logic train. I like it. <laughs> this has been a fun. <laughs> yeah. What's the, next, what's the next thing we're going to talk about? What are we going to talk about next? Like uh, as far as like the next podcast. You want to get into Rona? I mean, we can. Or do you want to get into something else? Is there something else that you've researched a little more? A lot of saints. Well, yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. That's right. You wanted to do one on all of the miracles. Yeah. That's right. I forgot about that. That'd be a cool, fun one to do because yeah. you blew my mind. That'll be a lot more pleasant than this. <laughs> you know, more, more I, I want to say, like, I just don't want people to get the wrong impression that, like, when Janine and I were talking about it, she's like, so, like, what is your purpose for doing this? Is this, like, a gotcha kind of thing? And I said, no, not at all. I said, this is for people to open their eyes and see that, you know. Maybe I shouldn't just blindly trust yeah, everything that the government does. There, yeah, especially because I think once you kind of wrap your head around 9-11 and you kind of figure it out, I mean, COVID made it made so much sense. It's yep, like, yep, yep, yep. 
this is a bunch of bullshit. If you look at the I'm stock market saying, stuff, it's the yeah, exact same with COVID, you know? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You know, and I'm not saying that, that people didn't die. There was not, you know, there wasn't a virus or anything. I'm not saying that. I'm saying the things behind it that they told us was, you know, there was, was motive a bunch there. of bullshit. Yeah. The, there was they, motive It was for the used reason. as a tool. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, the social distancing, the masking, the vaccines, I think that was a little bit of social conditioning. They wanted to see, I think they wanted to see how far we would go. You know, they could basically put anything out and we'd do it. You know, kind of shows you how much they can control us. Well, and they literally had people following lines on the grocery store floor right. uh, for a respiratory virus. Like, yeah. Um, yeah. And... You know, there was a point where I'd watch probably, I probably watched over 300 videos of this. I probably read over 200 articles and did this over a three-year span. I mean, I really got into it. And um, there was a point where I had kind of really decided that this really, this really did happen. Like, they really killed those 3,000 people. And I just broke down and cried because I just thought, how in the world could our government do that? Ted, it's you not know? a bad thing that you don't understand that because if you understand that, then that means you're one yeah. of them. Well, so yeah. But I, I mean, it's, it's I admirable. really did. I just, I literally broke down and cried. I just, I was just like, I, I can't believe this, you know? So I don't want people to get the, the impression that, you know, I laugh a lot and stuff like that, but I don't think it's funny that this happened. And um, I just don't want people to get it twisted to say, well, he's anti-American. No, it's anything but that. I think, you know, if we all want to be patriots and, and everybody that put those bumper stickers on that said, I'll never forget, we need to stand up and say, what in the world happened here? You know, if it's not the crazy conspiracies that I'm saying, then tell us what what exactly did happen, because what you're telling us doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Well, we definitely need to get together sometime and schedule the the Saints one. But here's the deal. I want you to do all the research of that on that between now and the wedding because you don't have enough stuff going on. So I want you to make sure that I'm getting a really bad look right now. Is Is that not acceptable? No. <laughs> you know, and I wish my research would have been better yes, like it was list. was then because seriously, go look this stuff up and it's like all the videos are like I mean, you can find a few 2011, 2014, most of them are like 2020 and up. And it's like what happened to all these videos? Did they just completely scrub them from the internet? I wonder if some of those from 2014 are the same videos that have been changed i don't know i mean i know that some of those accounts like if they don't get logged into google will remove like i just got an email that they updated even kind of shortening that timeline of um if your account's active inactive for two years or more then they just delete it um so from a data storage point like i could see that maybe happening you know, if it's it's old news, people aren't watching it. It's not trending. Right. I'm not I'm not on this account anymore. When I, you know, some guy that uploaded it 20 years ago, maybe he's dead now, or 
yeah. you know, doing other things. So, you know, there's some possibilities there, but we all know, and at least what I teach my kids is if you put it on the internet, it's never gone. Yeah. Someone somewhere has it. So keep that in mind if you're putting, you know, like the OnlyFans, you're putting nude photos of yourself online. <laughs> at some point, you know, maybe your grandchildren are going to see that and find that. <laughs> Be like, damn, Grandma, you were hot. <laughs> you know, I mean, so it, it's still got to be there somewhere. Congratulations, you played yourself. <laughs> Push one for Chubby Bear. <laughs> I got told by a dude that there was a market for guys like me on OnlyFans. <laughs> That would be called a bear. I was like, are you trying to tell me something? <laughs> what in the hell context was that <laughs> He just said chubby bear. That's what reminded no, me. No, when that guy said that to you. Oh. Uh, I don't even <laughs> Where remember. Where were you at? We were talking about, I think we were on the subject of OnlyFans. I'm just like, oh. we were joking uh, about like, as cops, we don't make a whole lot of money. And so oh, it's like we were supplementing okay. our income with OnlyFans. Gotcha. Which would be. Very too much upon. money on OnlyFans. So it wasn't a guy that came up to you and said, "Hey Nick, have you seen my uh, OnlyFans?" No, it was not. Thankfully, check yours out. It was not. <laughs> and and uh, <laughs> and, and uh, so so if you see some really weird charges when you guys get married, it's just uh, Ted subscribing to my bare <laughs> OnlyFans. So okay. that's where it's going. So don't worry about it. Don't look into it. It's fine. I won't. It's Honey, it's a Sterling Black Bears. It's not. <laughs> <laughs> it's not that other stuff. <laughs> Why does it have OF in front of it? <laughs> Dear God. There's still time, Janine. I'm telling you, there's still time. Fifteen days. Hey, when they when they hear this, we'll be married. I don't know. So, uh, pre-congratulations. Thank you. Oh, I was going to say, Father Michael wants me to lead a men's group at the Catholic Church, and it's going to be 6 in the morning, I believe. Um, he's supposed to get with me, and it's going to start in October. But um, it's going to be over all of that stuff. It's going to be like exorcisms, Eucharistic miracles, miracles of, of the different saints. But I think it's going to be pretty cool. You uh, um, it's going to be like instead of doing a Bible study, um, we're going to do this just because a lot of people don't know a lot of stuff about that. Mm-hmm. So. I didn't know about it until you told me about it, man. And it's it's mind blowing. When I was listening to that episode, I kept thinking I'd give anything to see your faces because there was silence. I mean, you could tell, mm-hmm. could tell you guys were just. It, yeah, it's stuff I'd never heard of either. Yeah. Well, and it's it's also you know being being a Christ follower and seeing things. It's not beyond my like my brain goes. Yeah, like it. I, not even it, when he was saying that stuff. Never did I go. No, and the only that thing, can't happen. Like I mean, never. the only thing I had ever really seen of it is in like movies and that kind of stuff. And I'm sure it is all completely different than what you see in the movie theaters. Yeah, it's kind of interesting because we were doing some research. Um, we're trying to do a lot of research over Father Padilla. Um, you know where Father Padilla's cross is. It's um, kind of right outside of Lyons, between Lyons and Chase. Oh, by the way, right there. 12th and U56. Mm-hmm. So, um, anyway, he was the first martyr in America. So, basically, the Catholic Church started with him in America. And this was in 1541, I believe. 
But you know the story I told you about Our Lady of Guadalupe, mm-hmm. and when he dropped his tilma, the the bishop was there, and his assistant. Well, come to, through during research, his assistant was Father Padilla. So now it's kind of really cool that he is. His cross is right over there. He was right here. <laughs> but um, anyway, we we checked out this. Well, we didn't check it out because he couldn't. <laughs> It was, it was like in a special vault in the Wichita Library, and it was called the Old Corvera. And I think you can look it up online and stuff and read it online. But anyway, so we were reading it, and I was blown away because it was talking about the Quiveran Indians, that most most of them were seven feet tall. And I was like, what? You read that, right? Mm-hmm. And it said a lot of their... A lot of their young braves and warriors could run down buffalo on foot. And then I looked up, like, the average running speed of a buffalo, and it's 35 mile an hour. I'm like... Tyreek Hill runs 22 miles per hour. Yeah. On a touchdown. I think Usain Bolt was clocked at, like, 24 mile an hour. So you have seven-foot Indians that can run 35 miles an hour? And then they were saying that that most... um, like their braves and warriors and that could pick up a log that would take six conquistador soldiers to lift. It's just like, what in the world? What do they eat now here? Well, I mean, it's just like, I want to find out if that's actually true or. Usain Bolt runs 23.35 miles yeah. per hour. It's almost 24. As, as the fastest human on earth. Yeah. Yep. So how can that be? That's crazy. There's people as tall as Shaq running faster than you think. What did you say it was called? Like locked up the um, old Quivera. Old Quivera. Yeah, I think isn't that the name of it? Old Quivera? So. It's a book or like yeah, a, it was published in 1908. I was just happy I got Ted Carter in the library. <laughs> <laughs> it's like my like, honey. You're gonna have to read these books Hill to me. Or something like that. <laughs> Did you have to have Janine read? Do you remember what her name was? What Margaret Hill or something like that? The author? Yeah, I don't know. Hey, come on, we got Google here. What What'd you say the name of the book was? Old Quivira. Yep. It's by Margaret somebody. Nineteen oh eight. In Old Quivira, yeah. nineteen oh eight, Margaret Hill McCarter. Yeah, I should have remembered. Eleven dollar ninety nine cent on Amazon. I wonder, if she's, I wonder if she's still getting royalties from that. <laughs> <laughs> the kingdom of Quivira. You want to wrap this it's up so we can grab a bite to eat? Hmm? You want to wrap this up so we can grab a bite to eat? Yep. I get to also go to work tonight, so I don't mean to like cut you short. Oh, yeah. but you got to work? Yeah, I got to work tonight. That's overrated. I mean, I have to make it appear as though I'm working tonight. He's going to take a nap. No, not. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to pay him to take a nap tonight. Our tax Is dollars. that a seven foot Quivira ended running by <laughs> You'll be Get seeing my gun st- out on him. Hey, another, another six inches and I got you. Story we're gonna, we're gonna stop there because I know where you're gonna go with that. So we're just gonna end the podcast. We're gonna let Nate do the outro and you're not gonna speak anymore, and neither am I. Hands up, don't shoot. <laughs> Turn his mic off. No more. <laughs> oh man. Well, That'll do it for tonight. Ted, we appreciate you and Janine coming on. And it was a, it was a fun podcast. Um, just, uh, I don't know, feel like we're leaving here with more questions than answers. But 
Damn Nothing it, wrong with that. <laughs> can be up all night thinking about this stuff. <laughs> yeah, no, I will be. See, that'll keep me awake. You won't have to pay me to sleep. Yeah, Nick's going to be an expert in the morning. Dr. Sowers. Um, but we appreciate the listeners. We appreciate you guys, uh, the likes and reviews. And we uh, um, hope you enjoy what we're doing here. And if you do, um, share it, like like our Facebook page or social medias, and leave us a review. And uh, we hope you guys have an awesome week. I will catch up with you guys next time.